No Junk Mail presents Texas Winter from Hell, read to you by James Von Felt. Letter, PFC Lenny, comma, Brett, Kandahar Airfield, Afghanistan. Hoo-ha, Brett, is that how you greet in the Army now? Several years ago, my grandson was in Iraq, back when things were really hot. Three trucks he was riding in got blown up. I think I remember that right. He was a gunner in the military vehicle. Some buddies were hurt bad. He was lucky, only had knee injuries. It all worked out. Stem cells therapy got him back to walking normal. His brother went to Afghanistan, where you are, I guess. Doesn't talk about it much. And that was years ago. Now you are there. How is it going? Is it cold there? Are you having winters when we do? We've had a normal winter here. Rain, snow, ice, cold winds, and overcast a lot. I sure would like to see more sunshine. Heard from your mom that you're going to Germany after this tour is over. Did you know the gas and grill is open now? They closed it because of the virus and distancing. Jeremy sold it last year. It has new owners now, but Greg and Marcy are running it again. Bob still comes in to do the cleaning at night. Emily drives over from Milton to help. We were about eight months without a place to meet in town. The good news was that no one in our town reported having the virus. Nonetheless, it was miserable sitting at home with no place to go. It was during that time, around the 1st of February, my sister calls, once again invited me to come down to Texas for Texas winter, as she puts it. She used to come here for Christmas. A couple of years ago told me it was just too far to travel in the winter and too cold when she got here. When she was here, she spent most of the time sitting close to the wood stove to keep warm. The neighbors, Gene and Nadine, have a camper they pull behind his truck. They go to Texas every winter, but they don't have chickens or animals in the backyard to take care of. We call them snowbirds. They laugh about it, show us pictures, and tell us of the warm winds and sunny days. They go all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, leave in November, come back in March. Well, this year, I surprised my sister. I said, I was coming down. It was early February, and I had to make some preparations. Russell's boys, Alex and William, had helped me take care of the chickens Feed Mandy my dog and Maggie the cat. They'd do the job till I get back. I knew they'd do a good job. They also knew what to check in the house while I was gone. As you know, it's cold here all winter. Gets below zero regularly in February. You have to keep an eye on everything. Called my sister on Thursday afternoon. She said it had been a lovely 85 degrees that day in Texas. I couldn't be coming at a better time. It was to be 13 degrees that night in our town. Well, 
I started packing. Lightweight clothes, light jacket, enough clothes for a week or so stay. On the first day's drive south, I stopped in Kansas City to visit Cecil. It was on the way. She's up there in years now, living with her daughter, who's a nurse. Cecil taught Bible lessons at church. Don't know if you were in her class or not. She's the one that made the meringue pies you love to eat at church dinners. Well, the trip took two long days. I could feel it warming up as I went south on I-35. Keith Emmett, over at the sales barn, loaned me his GPS. It ushered me right through the big cities, no problem. I was relieved. I stayed in Oklahoma City the first night, made it to my sister's house late afternoon the second day. She lives in a small community about 30 miles north of Austin, a little east of the famous I-35 throughway. As soon as I hit Texas, I noticed more traffic. I wasn't prepared at all for what I saw as I approached Fort Worth. Now, I've seen bridges before in big cities, St. Louis, Chicago, Washington, D.C., but nothing like these. There's a lot of construction going on north of Fort Worth, and as you get to Fort Worth, you see these strange things. Looks like roads just going up into the sky. What's normal is a cloverleaf, but not around Fort Worth. There were more exit bridges than I could count, going every which way, most of them climbing higher and higher over the last one until it's just a maze of bridges in the sky. It was hard to keep my eye on the road. When I pulled into my sister's driveway, it was still daylight. I was tired but happy to be there, and noted it was warm. Got a good night's sleep. Monday, the 8th of February, next day, beautiful, sunny, light clouds, soft breeze from the south, and a high temperature of 76. 76 degrees. I couldn't believe it. It was great. We couldn't let such a beautiful day go to waste, so we were off to see the big city of Austin, Texas. First thing I noticed was the magnitude of new construction. New houses, new schools, roads, strip malls, factories. I hadn't seen the like since 1955 after the war. Also noted that a lot of the cars had license tags from other states. Look, they're moving in, my sister exclaimed. We drove around town a bit, gawking at the tall buildings just like tourists would. We had lunch at a delicatessen, then took a walk through the state capitol building. After that, we drove around the hill country, as they call the western part of Austin. Like I said before, it was a beautiful 76-degree winter day in Texas, and we were enjoying it to its hilt. We got home finally, tired and ready to go to bed. The TV was on before we went to bed and the news was on. They were talking about a big storm, but we didn't pay much attention. The excitement of the day was the topic of our conversations. Well, next morning my sister had slight coughing and runny nose, symptoms of the virus. I was alarmed, but not overly so. She said she felt good. 
We stayed home, talked about family things, ate big meals, and just caught up. The top temperature that day was 46 degrees, cooler than the day before. A fall day back home. I didn't think much of it as I was concentrating on my sister and her coughs. That afternoon, she had a virtual meeting with her doctor on her cell phone. He told her to monitor the symptoms if they got bad, go to the emergency room of a hospital nearby. We started wearing masks and washing our hands. About midnight, my sister started coughing and could not stop. I took her to the emergency room of the nearby hospital. They were busy, but they took her in. I had to sit in the car outside and wait for news. It was cold in the car. At about 2 a.m., I got a call on the cell phone that said my sister would be there for a while for me to go home. The temperature gauge in the car showed that it was 30 degrees outside. It was getting cold. The next morning, it's Thursday now, I was making breakfast, you know, eggs, bacon, hash browns, the works, when I got a call from the hospital. My sister was ready to come home. She was not serious enough to keep there, but she did test positive for the virus. It was definitely cold when I got in the car to go. I mentioned this fact to my sister on the ride home and got the response, this never happens. It'll be warm tomorrow, she said. I just shrugged and rolled my eyes. We wore masks all the time now. My sister was tired. She didn't get much sleep at the hospital, but was not coughing as before. She said that there were a lot of people coming in that were very sick. When the doctors finally got to her, they thought she had bronchitis. But after getting the positive results of the virus test, they concluded she had the virus. They gave her shots and told her to go home and get some sleep. Well, she went to bed and I just sat around the house. I didn't know how to run the TV, so I just read magazines. Friday, it was colder still. The warm weather had disappeared. My sister was feeling better. She was up and around some of the time. The coughs were only occasional. We continued wearing the masks. I asked her if she ever saw snow in Texas. Her answer was emphatic. No, it never snows in Texas. That was the end of that conversation. Outside it was getting dark, like a cold front moving in with rain. We discussed the cool weather for a while and turned on the TV for news. This time the TV weatherman announced severe cold, ice, and possible snow. First thing I did was check out my sister's refrigerator and pantry. Looks like we're going to need some basics, I said. Let's go to the store. I wanted to get out and see the sights, cold or no cold. She didn't like going, so she gave me directions. When I got to the store, the shelves were empty. I had never seen anything like this before. I didn't get much in the way of groceries, just two boxes of Pop-Tarts and a jar of pickles. On the way home, I saw a small emergency clinic open, so I stopped and went in. 
They gave me a virus test. I waited for the results. I was negative. That was a relief. Dinner was light that night. Canned soup. That night the storm hit hard. It was, as the TV weatherman said it would be, a bad winter storm. This one had rain, six inches of snow, and ice, which caused a terrible car pile up on I-35 in Fort Worth. The ice and snow was followed by several days of freezing weather. Electricity went out in suburbs all around our area, and because many people down here use heat pumps to heat with, demand for electricity soared off the chart. That caused the grid to break. The electrical system was not able to keep up. Blackouts, brownouts, and roving on-off electrical service was the order for the next few days. Some homes froze up. Drinking water ceased to flow. Water needs electricity to pump, you know. Water pipes broke. People were cold and hungry. I was cold and hungry. I couldn't get warm even wrapped in blankets. Glenda's house froze up. She's a neighbor from a few blocks away. No electricity, no heat, no water. She stayed with us. Thankfully, she brought some groceries with her, and she wasn't feeling well. Later found she had walking pneumonia. We were fortunate to have a dribble of water all the time, so the toilets worked. Our electricity worked some of the time. The house did not totally freeze up, but got down in the low 40s. The LP gas fireplace added a precious bit of heat for the house, and we huddled around it. I used it to make oatmeal more times than I'd like to think about. Back home, which is two days' drive north to Texans, everybody's prepared for winter storms. They were staying warm even in much colder temperatures. By Thursday night, it was warming up. It was 34 degrees in Texas. I decided to go home, so Friday morning I was up and packed. The trip back to Oklahoma was easy, hardly any traffic. Next morning, I was up early and on the road, in my own bed by that night, my own warm bed. It's always good to get home, to sleep in your own bed, no matter where you've been, but this time it was truly delicious. In our town, the day usually starts at 5.30 a.m., but I slept in until 6.30. Then I was ready to meet the day's challenges. First, get dressed warm. It's going to be a cold day. Then downstairs to the thermostat. I raised the temperature to 80. That would take the chill off. Next, start the wood stove with the kindling. Put in a few logs to warm up the house. The wood fireplace gives off enough heat to heat the entire house, even when it's below zero for a few days got more than a year's supply of wood in the woodshed. Once that task was done, put the coffee on, then get dressed to go outside to feed the animals. Mandy, my great Pyrenees dog, was delighted to see me and her dog food. She jumped and frolicked in the snow. Next, 
filled the water bucket from the house and made my way back to the chicken house through about a foot of snow. Everything was fine in the chicken house. Changed out the drinking water and repositioned the heating lamp above the water pan. The chicken feed is in the barn part of the chicken shed. Got a bucket of feed which would last three days and put that in the feeder. Also brought in some blocks of hay for the floor. Chickens like to scratch in the hay and it insulates the floor so their feet don't freeze. By the time I came back to the house, Mandy was already back in her doghouse, burrowing down in the hay. Once on the back porch, I opened the cat food sack, filled Maggie the cat's food bowl, just as she peeked her head out to see what was going on, then disappeared back into Maggie's cat house. I was sitting in front of the wood stove, soaking in the rays and sipping coffee when footsteps came up on the front porch. Braden, Isaiah, and Alex were out shoveling driveways this morning. They told me the roads were not cleared yet, had time on their hands. I made some hot cocoa and they warmed up before attacking my driveway. That day about noon, I called my sister to tell her I got back home. She swore that what I experienced was not a Texas winter. And in fact, right then, at that very minute, she said, it was 76 degrees. She invited me to visit next winter. I'll think about it. Well, Brett, that's it for now. From where the corn grows tall and pigs fly, keep your head low and take care. All my love, Grandpa Jim. <laughs>